love musicals. Classic musicals. Hey, is this the 2012 Les Miserables? Weird musicals. We're talking about Little Shop of Horrors. Musicals that make us laugh. 2005 film, The Producers. Musicals that make us cringe. This isn't like, oh, fun trippy visuals, this is scary trippy visuals. But if we've learned anything from talking about musicals, it's that at the end of the day, there is always a rant to be had. It's like she's in a dead-end marriage. These aren't hockey pads. Ah! Fever dream of a reality. She murdered Jennifer Hudson. He's like cat pope. Adolf Elizabeth Hitler. Square share, you die. I mean, what's a more romantic setting than a bunch of laundry? So on our podcast, we do our best to discuss the most famous and infamous movie musicals you all love. So let's pull back the curtain and begin our Stage Rant. Rant. <laughs> Welcome to Stage Rant, where two dudes equally secure in their masculinity and sexuality break down the biggest movie musicals each week myself, Adam, a man who really enjoys his coffee light and sweet, discusses the history of a show with Joe, a man who believes in patience and faith with a lot of strong pointed opinions. Those two things do not go well together. Patience and faith, strong pointed opinions. But you can be patient with your pointed opinion. True. The duality of man. So without further ado, <laughs> let us begin the show. So Adam, mm -hmm. what do excessive heat, mm. overwhelmed power grids, mm. and Puerto Rico's favorite son have in common? You see, the overwhelmed power grids made me immediately think of uh, Texas mm -hmm. in February. Mm -hmm. uh, the heat, though, threw me for a loop. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you threw in Puerto Rico's favorite son. Yes, which can only mean... We're talking about Christopher Columbus. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Christopher Columbus! <laughs> oh my god. No, no, it's... No. Let's have a discussion. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's yeah. it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, which means we're talking about In the Heights. Uh-huh. In the Heights. In the Heights. This, I think, is the most recent... Other than the prom... The most recent movie musical we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Were we quicker to the prom or quicker to this? I don't know, because we've been on a little break. We've been on because a Because it turns out life gets in the way, right? I've been moving. Yeah, I've moved. been moving. I got a job. You got a job. Yeah. We're now no longer just unemployed, famous podcasters. Like, we're actually gainfully. It's kind of cool. We're no longer in grad school. We're right. now... We've moved on. Into the moved workforce. On and up. Into the height. Into the heights. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so we're back Yeah, uh, for, for all the people asking When are you going to do another show? Yeah. When are you going to do Rent? Not yet no. <laughs> Still not yet We're not yet no. we're, not, we're not quite there yet That um, might be a season 4 thing But we are back with uh, Within the Heights yes. Which was pretty, pretty good I liked it It was just nice It was a fun this time It was a 2021 uh, I think it's supposed to be a 2020 flick uh, Then this whole pandemic happened this whole thing happened i don't know if you heard about this but a pandemic happened really Tell yeah it. it wasn't great uh this is a john chu direct mm. directorial film yeah uh this was pretty this was pretty good yeah and this one was a stage show this uh, was a stage but show. this one's kind of odd because we don't really have box office numbers for this necessarily no uh because a it's new uh and b they did one of those uh this, like split releases yeah this was an hbo max bit and at the end of 2020 HBO Max basically came out and they're like, all right, all the Warner Brothers films, we're going to split it. It'll be both on HBO Max and in theaters. Right. Um, so we don't, but we don't have like viewership numbers. No. We know like tentatively box office open weekend for theaters was like 11.4 million. Which for a $55 million budget, it's... Which isn't great. We also no. don't know how much HBO necessarily may have paid for it. We don't mm -hmm. know if it's going to make a resurgence or a comeback now that most states have listed their lifted mask mandates. Right. Who knows? 
knows? Who knows? And if there's a third or fourth wave of this whole thing, who knows? Who fucking who knows? But also, like, 11 million isn't terrible. Uh-huh. Uh, like, Wonder Woman 1984 mm-hmm. came out, it was like 16 million. Yeah. Uh, so like it's not it's not atrocious. No, um, it's not a Christmas movie. So <laughs> no, they they couldn't sit on this any longer. Um, no. Does here's a question: mm-hmm. Does West Side Story Spielberg's remake does that come out this year? That comes out in December of this year. Damn it! That is a Christmas. It's movie. a Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so at least they're not going to be competing against each other in in that sense. But Adam, tell me a little bit about the history of yeah of In the Heights. So In the Heights, written by Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh my God, Lin Manuel Miranda. Lin Manuel, everyone's Miranda. favorite person. Every- Lin Manuel Miranda. He's he's bringing Broadway uh, to um, suburbia. Pause. Can he sing? No. Okay, let's talk about this for a hot second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do a quick... We, I'm sure we'll eventually talk about Hamilton. Um, but here's the thing with Lin-Manuel Miranda. He can write. He can write. Damn, really can well. he write. He can write. He can rhyme. He can, like... I don't know. He's he a, can drum up interests. He's like a great hype man for things. There was... I had a friend in undergrad who was in the theater program at our school. And she told me... That one of the professors told them the best piece of advice, which was, in the world of theater, sometimes you just have to make a job for yourself. Mm-hmm. If no one's going to offer you a job, make one for yourself. And Lin-Manuel Miranda took that advice and has run with it. It's like sprint. He's written, or In the Heights was the first one he wrote, first big musical he wrote. He wrote it in 2005. Uh, it premiered on Broadway in 2008 after a 2007 run off-Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's a quick question. Do you know the difference between off-Broadway and on-Broadway? I don't know, Adam. Teach me the difference. So, off-Broadway and on-Broadway does not refer to the actual street of Broadway. What? Uh, it refers to the size of the theater. Mm. If a theater has less than 250 seats, it is considered off-Broadway. Interesting. If it has more than 250, it is on-Broadway. Seems kind of elitist to me, but oh, continue. That's a whole other conversation <laughs> for another day. Um, but yeah, it opened in 2008, and it won the Best Musical Tony Award. Uh, it also won three others. Um, but yeah, it's it was like the first big musical that made Lin-Manuel Miranda, like at least on Broadway, a common name. Like a, People knew who he was. Um, and then, of course, in 2015, uh, Hamilton premiered on Broadway, and that just kind of brought Lin-Manuel, I would say, into the mainstream. Right. Um, so, uh, in terms of this movie, right, it mm-hmm. had its it, it started on Broadway in two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. I know that there this movie was in production hell for quite some time. Like it mm-hmm. kept bouncing back and forth as to whether or not they were going to pull the trigger on, whether or not they were actually going to do it. Warner Brothers had their rights for it. Yeah. Um, and Lin Manuel Miranda started out by saying that he was going to play, he was going to reprise his his lead role as Usnavi in the in the show. Mm-hmm. But then they didn't make the damn movie for ten years. Right. Which I'm kind of happy they did, uh, because if, you know, and, and by the time they finally got around to making it, Lynn was like, okay, I'm, I'm probably too old to play this character. I'm like, right. thank you for that self-awareness. I appreciate it. Originally, it was going to be adapted by Universal. Yes. In 2008, directed by Kenny Ortega. Interesting. Now, Kenny Ortega uh, has directed... Uh, did, he do, did he do Xanadu? <laughs> He was the choreographer for Xanadu. Okay. <laughs> he was the director of the 1992 Newsies. He also directed Hocus Pocus. Oh, fuck. Yeah, <clears throat> Hocus Pocus. He also directed High School Musical 3, Senior Year. 
and he also directed uh, Michael Jackson's This Is It, the documentary that came out after his untimely death. Uh, he also directed uh, the Fox version of Rocky Horror. Mm, it's okay. It's fine. It's bad. It's fine. It's bad. It's okay. No. I liked the Glee version better. The Glee version was way better. You should have just stuck with the Glee version. Yeah. Um, but and then, so by the time yes. they like by the, by the time they get around to making it, Lynn's just like, okay, I'm actually too old for this, and he's yes. like, I will take you know kind of like a sideline role in this, right? And I'm I, really glad he did. I'm glad he did because Anthony Ramos or Ramos, Anthony Ramos, I think is a fantastic actor. Yes, he was uh, John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton in Hamilton, um, and that was where he first got his big break. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, him and one of the female cast members who played Penny, or Penny, Peggy, um, in Hamilton, and Mariah Reynolds, they are now uh, a couple. I think they're married now. Um, it's a little little theater romance there. Um, but I think he's fantastic as Usnavi. I think if Lin-Manuel Miranda tried to play Usnavi now, it would be like Steve Buscemi in that gif of, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> hello, hello, fellow students. Um, and I think having him as the piragua guy mm-hmm. uh, is perfect mostly because as we said before in my opinion lin-manuel miranda cannot sing he can speak rhythmically he has a good rapping voice yes he has a very distinct cadence to his voice he has a very distinct timbre timbre to his voice but singing it's a bit rough and we talked about this. It's not as polished as you would like yeah. in this type of type of music. Yeah. I think. It And I and like I'm not gonna sit here I'm not gonna try to sit here and be like Lin Manuel Miranda's not talented. Because no, like obviously no, no, like no. incredibly oh, God, no. yeah. But I, like I just don't think like singing wise no. I, I just don't like to see him personally in the lead as things. He's good in Hamilton because it's mostly rapping. Uh-huh. And that's great. But this show is a little bit different. This one's a little bit different. And when he was in Mary Poppins Returns, we got to touch on it there. It's like, he's not the best singer. And it's so auto-tune. Like, you can yeah. you can hear them balancing out, and it, it, it's mm-hmm. a little rough at points. Um, especially when you hear him and Emily Blunt side by side. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, somehow very different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's very little rapping in Mary Poppins Returns, there's which the, I think we're all grateful for. There's the one bit in the cover is not the book. Yes. And they literally put it in there because, hey, this guy did Hamilton. He could probably rap. He's the rapping musical guy. Right. So let's give him a rapping bit. Right. Um, and I think Lin-Manuel Miranda, because I know he writes the lyrics, but he has worked with the same composer to create, I would say, very similar beats and rhythms and even like musical motifs that mm-hmm. appear in In the Heights and also kind of sneak their way into Hamilton. Yes. Um, in many ways, I would say Hamilton's like the spiritual successor to would, In the Heights. I would agree. I think there's a lot of themes. There are very similar. There's a lot of similarities between the two. It's kind of like when you watch Star Wars and then you go back and watch 2001 Space Odyssey and you're like, oh, yeah, that's where they got it from. Mm-hmm. Like that's where that that trope came from. That's where that right. theme came from. Or you watch Lord of the Rings, and then that's watch... how the structure of the show comes together. Because the right. structure is pretty phenomenal. It I is. Think. It's it's pretty stunning mm-hmm. what he does here in terms of uh, like character motif, like their motifs and their their catchphrases, as mm-hmm. I phrased a little bit earlier. 
I mean, he he follows a very, and I, I won't bore you all too much, um, but we can look back at like Richard Wagner and his operas, <laughs> where he really like. In many ways, he's like the father of like movie music, and musicals like and musicals in general. His operas were all based on like this character does like this music notation. It's like bum bum bum. Mm-hmm. Anytime that character shows up, it's bum bum bum. And <laughs> Lin Manuel does that really well here. Yes. Where each character has their own, whether it's a catchphrase, whether it's a musical motif, um, and balances it all really well. So you have a very fleshed out cast without it feeling cluttered. Right. Adam, have you seen this on stage before? I have not. Oh, I got you beat on this oh, one. Oh, you've seen in the Heights oh, on oh, stage? Yeah, but you want to know what stage I saw it on? Was it on a high school stage? It was a local, very white high school stage. <sighs> and uh, as I watched this the first time, I recalled that, you know, I didn't like it the first time I saw it on stage because I couldn't mm-hmm. understand what people were saying on account that apparently, in hindsight, they were 16. Right. Um... And I, I was about halfway through the movie when I actually looked at the people I was watching the film with, and I'm just like, I just realized how problematic it was. But <laughs> I just, that the first time I saw this, the, this performance was by an entirely Caucasian cast it's, representing Latino culture. It's like, you can't, if you don't, if you don't have the cast to do the whiz, don't don't if you can't do hairspray don't. don't i saw my senior year of my high school uh primarily white maybe two or three people of latinx descendants descendant descendants descendant descendancy descendancy at my high school and they were not in the theater program mm-hmm. uh we did west side story good that was awkward. Really the, interesting to to convey a story of of a race war. The theater between teacher white people paid for spray tans. Oh no! Oh yes! Oh no! <laughs> and this was twenty fourteen. So like, we knew, we knew, huh? Yeah, huh? Yeah, a bunch of white people in the background in the in, in the green room trying to practice rolling their R's. <laughs> God. Jesus Lord. Yeah. High school, huh? Tony! 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 Just do Annie. Just fucking do Annie. Just do, Just do it. There's so musicals are made for white. I mean, not made for white people. They're not made for white people. It's made by white people for white people. There's so many musicals you can do that people will know. Annie. Cinderella. Music Man. Hello Dolly. Mame. Anything. Any Disney one. Like. Stop trying to be culturally relevant if you can't represent it in any way. Although, you know what I would like to see on, on Broadway? What? Moana. Interesting. I think Moana on stage would be really good. Interesting. I just like Moana. Huh. I want them to turn Luca into a musical. <laughs> but with actual water. <laughs> I want them to say, what happened? Let's start, let's take, let's take leaps. Let's do it. Let's take chances again. Yeah. This is what they tried with Spider-Man. And people got hurt. Yes, because they were stupid. Now, not the act, not the actors. The right. the production company. It was right. it was a nightmare. Right. Um, but uh, take chances. Mm. Do Luca the musical. I'd love to see the duet. Silencio uh, Bruno. Silencio Bruno. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of uh, like sincerely me. Same same vibes. Yeah. Anyway, back to in the heights. So the show. Yeah. Uh, it was good. It was, it was fun. Good. It was fun. Um, I liked it. It was a nice little bright light, you know. Yeah. So we have. We have our, our cast of some some well-known people, uh, some not as well-known people. 
I think the most recognizable face in this whole movie to just, you know, the average person off the street besides Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, is Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. As, um... President Santos? Or uh, Bail Organa. Bail Organa. As, uh, Rosario. Kevin Rosario? Yes. Kevin Rosario. I really really liked him in this role. He was good. It was fun. I didn't know he was going to be in it. And when Mm -hmm. he comes in in the beginning, uh, during In the Heights, uh... Mm -hmm. And he's like, good morning, Ruth Navi. I'm like, Jimmy Smith? <laughs> it's like, what you, are you doing? You can sing? <laughs> okay. It's like, okay. Yeah. Happy, uh, happy you're here, bud. Yeah. Uh, so we have him. We have Anthony Ramos. Of course, it's pretty much the Hamilton. cast of Hamilton, to it's, be quite honest. It's Hamilton. And I think the biggest selling point for this musical, because this, unlike Hamilton, I think there are certain shows like Into the Woods or... Um, even like I'm trying to think like more like the prom like unless you are involved and like in the loop with Broadway news, you're not going to know about these shows. And I think In the Heights is one of those. And from what I've seen, it hasn't been performing as well as they were hoping. And the biggest thing is they were banking on people who saw Hamilton, mm-hmm. thinking, "Oh, Lin Manuel Miranda is in I this. I know him. I know him. Let's go see that." Right. Uh, but people who go to see Lin-Manuel Miranda are going to be sorely disappointed. He's in, like, two songs. Yes. And that's it. Yes. Um, and then has a bit at the end where he reminds us that he sells piragua. <laughs> which is... By the way. Which is just um, basically Puerto Rican shaved ice. It's like a snow cone, but Puerto Rican. Ever been to Puerto Rico? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, I have. God, that would be kind of cool. It's a beautiful, beautiful little territory. Yeah. Can't say country is not really I feel like country. the United States probably needs to just kind of let, let that one, one, let one go, you know? Should it be a country? Should it be a state? It should be its own country. Be I, own country? They, don't, <laughs> they don't get anything from this current arrangement and haven't for, I don't know, a hundred years now, so... That's fair. They don't even get to vote. Like, yeah. there's really nothing... There's nothing they get out of this. Um... State 51, maybe? I don't know. I don't think that... I, I would not want to be a state. Uh, <laughs> given the current situation and everything. Anyway, yeah. we're getting a little sidetracked here. It's been, it's good to be back. Yes. So, uh, I'm back. Stage ramp. Uh, oh. So, so the, the, the film begins. Yes. With, like, you know, this really classic, like, 3-2 beat, you know, mm-hmm. situation going on. Um, which is very... Which is very representative of, you know... The culture and you good? You're doing a little, a little, a little bit of a dance well, over there. You have to be up in Washington Heights <laughs> at the break of day. Like, and it opens with yeah. it opens with who's Navi? He runs his his little corner bodega. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can think of when I watch this movie is the the John Mulaney Saturday Night Live bit, uh, the bodega. Yeah, where yeah. where they do the bodega. It's like I would like mm-hmm. to use the bodega bathroom. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he hands him the key, and it's on a cinder block. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, quick note: uh, I realized when I was listening to this that kind of um um um. I was like, I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. This is the same opening beat as America in West Side Story. Probably. Which makes which a it, lot of sense. It clocks. <laughs> it clocks, given not, the I'm not super themes. surprised by that, no. um, but but still still yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talked about this before. I think it's kind of interesting. I, I would say in this musical, maybe a little bit more than some others, mm-hmm. like the first like ten songs of the show are pretty much just like I wish songs. They're like... Yes. 
I wish for this, I wish for this, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Um, and that really starts with, like, In the Heights, uh, which is, like I said, the opening number. And each, we're introduced pretty sequentially to all of these characters. Mm-hmm. And each one of them has their own musical motif and, like, mm-hmm. this catchphrase that they really, really like. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, you have the salon ladies and they have no mendiga. And then you have Abuela. Paciencia y Fe. Yeah, Paciencia y Fe. Patience and Faith. Mm. Uh, you have Piragua. Uh, <laughs> um, and no. then you have like Vanessa's little. And you have Jimmy Schmidt's like, Good morning, Usnavi. You have Benny's like. Right. Like all in a row. And we're just like introduced to all of these characters. God, it's a lot of information in seven minutes. But it's done effectively. It's done effectively. Um, You're like, I get, I know who everyone is. I, I know their mo- like motivations. Everyone's buying a lottery ticket, um, which is a plot point of this I completely forgot about, and may- maybe was just poorly conveyed by the uh, high school cast. Um, That's fair. But it's so like everyone's buying lottery tickets and coffee and coffee. Oh, sorry, cafe, cafe, cafe. Um, and everyone wants something, you know. Mm-hmm. Everyone, uh, Vanessa wants to move. Uh, Uznavi's love interest, mm-hmm. uh, pseudo, like yeah. wants to move uptown. Mm-hmm. She wants to escape. She's yeah. like the person born in the Midwest who's like, I'm gonna move to California. And you're like, why are you gonna move to California? And they're like, it's better. And you're like, have you ever been to California? And they're like. No. <laughs> and you're like, then why the hell do you want to move to California? That's Vanessa. She just wants to get the hell out of there. Do you have someone that you need to talk about who's moving to California? No, I've done this. Like, this has been, gen- like, honest to God, like, if you're from the Midwest, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I do. Maybe you're one of the per- people who have escaped from this. Mm. Uh, excuse me, who have escaped the Midwest. Okay. You're like, I need to get out of here. Everything's bad here. How's your life in LA? How- yeah. <laughs> Is it going well? Is it is it you having fun? Did you get it big on Hollywood? <laughs> right. <laughs> How's the cost of living? Tell me about it. Um how much are your tips? Right. <laughs> it's <laughs> rough. And so, like, that that's Vanessa. Um mm. Usnavi, who is named after the US Navy. Because when he came here, mm-hmm. his parents saw US Navy written mm-hmm. on the side of a ship, which isn't a thing, but it's okay. It's, it's um and they're like, Your name will be Usnavi, which mm-hmm. like I don't know if they Nate was he on the boat or was he born after? He probably was born after. I think he's he was born there because he mentions how he immigrated. Yes. From did they not name him? They might. <laughs> <laughs> Good timing on my dryer there. They're like <clears throat> they're like for the first seven months of this child's life. No name. Boy. They're like, we'll figure it out. We'll get there. And then we're going to name him after a sign of Western imperialistic might. Hey. <laughs> um, so Usnavi is like, once again, owns the bodega. He, he really, wants to get back. He wants to get back to the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. That's where he wants to go uh, to um, buy his father's seaside yes. restaurant bar situation. Shack. It's really it's a shack, but yeah. Um, uh, we have Kevin Rosario, whose daughter Nina, Nina. is at Stanford. Ooh, ooh um, Stanford, and is trying to save up money to pay for the Stanford tuition. Yes, yeah, so um, he, he lives very frugally. It is yes. mentioned. Every Smith is a frugal man. Everything is cheap with him. Yes, which, um, <laughs> slap. which we then see him tip like twenty bucks at right. a restaurant later, which I thought was odd because I was like. 
Like, you just sold... Anywho. Are but you taking your community? Anyway. He... Um, oh, 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 Jimmy Smith also owns a the, cab company. Yes. Um, and so he... But he is... He's going to sell it because the town... Spoiler. Spoiler. Because the... Uh, gentrification! Yeah. Um, so, like, there, there's two themes that are really thrown into this a lot, and I don't recall seeing them in the the white version the the like stage production but it's like gentrification mm-hmm. and then also dreamers that one okay that one i have thoughts about i definitely don't remember it in the first one because i don't think it was the a dreamers issue plot at the time. was not in the original production because in 2008 barack obama was elected as our president in november so when this musical came out George Bush was the president. Mm. The Dreamers came into existence under Obama. This was added to make it a more relevant... Mm -hmm. Now again, if the movie had come out in 2020 as it initially intended to... It would have been very timely. It would be making a political statement against, at at the time, then president, now former Twice impeached, Florida <laughs> retiree. Businessman. Former broke businessman. <laughs> yes, Donald Trump, about his wanting to kick out the Dreamers. Um, so they threw it in there as like a dig against Trump, which I'm I'm all for digs against which, Trump. whatever, it's fine. But it just felt so ham-fisted. That's the thing, is it was not, t- because it was not part of the original plot, uh-huh. they had to tie it in by literally saying, they're going to kick out the Dreamers. Anyway, anyway in the height. Literally, like... <laughs> It's like, a sh- she, you know, in the first ten minutes of it, it's just like, here's all these characters, they all want something. They're gonna kick out the dreamers. Wait, Back what? to the musical. And she's like, what's Vanessa doing? <laughs> like, right, like, it's so... And, and then, then we, and then, th- then they don't talk about it for like an hour and a half. And then all of a sudden it's you find out, oh, point. by the way, Sonny is a dreamer. Mm-hmm. What? What? And then there's a legal battle that they're gonna be talking about, they're gonna use the $96,000 to pay for it. Yes. But and then, then <laughs> at the end of the very sh- at the very end of the show, we don't see Sonny, which sw- I can only, which has me concerned that he got deported. I I'm not convinced. It was not intended, but it's there. I'm not convinced that Sonny didn't get deported because it does seem odd that he. And now, granted, it it isn't. It's probably because the actor had something else going on. He couldn't be there for filming. Whatever. Either that or just like. Oversight. Yes. It he also, just forgot. It just strikes me odd, though, that he's not in the final scene right. in the future. Sorry, present, kind of, because this whole thing's being told by Yuznavi to a group of children at his bar on the beach in the Dominican Republic. Which we then find out later. It's home, because it's home. It's in the Heights. In the Heights is home. But Sonny's not there, so you're like, well... <laughs> Guess he lost the legal battle. Right. Like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, happy ending with terrifying implications. Right. And it's just like, man, this could have been solved if they had just put him in the corner. Just have him, like, hugging Usnavi on the other side from where Vanessa is. Right. That would have been it. Just be like, oh, at least he he's still here. He's still here. It's all good. But anyway. Anywho. Um, so there's a couple love interests in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have, you have the Benny, uh, and then... Jimmy Smith's daughter, mm-hmm. whose name is Nina. Nina, correct. <laughs> I said it earlier. Yeah, that was a quiz. That was a test. Oh, okay. that was a test. You passed. Um, so they have they have a love interest, but she- so she has a Nina. Nina has a problem because Nina went to college, mm-hmm. and this is something that's going to get us real amped up. 
But she, while she was there, <laughs> yes, she experienced racism, racism twice, twice. So the first time, she's going to a banquet for high achieving students, and she's dressed in a gown, mm-hmm. a black gown. I'm assuming <sighs> white people. As a white person myself, I'm just gonna not. I'm not gonna be like listen. Of you to self-identify. Sorry, sorry for white people. Get over it. But you have a situation where in the she tells where she's in this like black cocktail dress, a one of the rich benefactors of Stanford. I'm assuming someone on the board of trustees or a donor hands her a plate and is like, "I need more food, ma'am." <laughs> and she's like, "Uh." <laughs> But she also mentions how all the other wait staff there are Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this weird thing where she was saying like, oh, what's she going to do? Is she with us? Is mm-hmm. she with them? Which like, that's a whole other like situation we don't have time nor are we qualified to talk about. Right. But then there's, then there's like the second run in mm-hmm. where she is in her, her residence hall. We're not calling it a dorm. Where she's in her residence hall, her dorm. She's in her residence. Whatever. Hall. Get over it. <laughs> Get off your high horse. Okay. That um, joke is for very few people. <laughs> How well, niche. In higher ed, the, the, the language is changing. So she's in her dorm. Whatever. Uh, and, and her roommate notices that her necklace is missing. Yes. And so she thinks that Nina stole it. Yes. And so she brings in the RA mm-hmm. and her her parents. I'm assuming it's like moving day. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, she stole my thing. And they like, the RA like searches Nina and her possessions. Okay. So here's a, here's a thing about that. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah. That RA should be fine. Uh-huh. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can't do that. Some quick context for Can't listeners. That. Uh, Joe and I both have a history of working in housing. I Joe, currently work in housing. And I currently work at, well, we both work at colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, and my only note, because I was taking notes during watching, while I was watching this, I wrote in all caps, that's not standard housing protocol. <laughs> that's not policy. And so here, here's oh. to, to illustrate real quick, and then we'll get back to the musical. Like, <laughs> I have to tell my staff that, like, okay, so if if a bunch of, like, freshman students have alcohol in their room and they the, they think there's an RA at, at their door. Here, if you're listening to this pro tip, literally just cover the alcohol with a blanket yep. because our staff are not allowed to reference the blanket they're not allowed to lift the blanket even if you have what is obviously seven handles of shitty k sitting underneath that blanket we're not allowed to be like oh you got some alcohol there don't you because they could just say no and you have to move on you can't touch jack shit so these RAs, these prejudiced ass RAs, who are fucking strip searching Nina for pearls. Is it pearls? It's pearls. Pearls, yeah. Like this pearl necklace. Like that's bad policy. They should be fired immediately, and that institution is Stanford? Just, yeah, Stanford. Are you surprised it's an Ivy League? It's I'm not surprised. No, However, wait, is Stanford an Ivy League? Technically. So but they just opened themselves up to one hell of a legal battle because of bad housing policy. Long story short, they found the the necklace in, like, the roommate's purse. Like, Mm -hmm. she forgot about it. So she experienced uh, prejudice. So she does not want to go back. I wouldn't. I'd be like, I'm good. Yeah. You know, but she's feeling all the pressure from her family and everyone in in the town, in in the Heights. Yes. um, Who is like, hey, oh my god, like, you made it out. Like, how's school? Blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, ha, 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 I dropped out. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of her thing is like she doesn't want to go back, but plus she knows that it's costing her family. Like, well, I, I just looked up Stanford tuition yeah. for out of state. Wait, how much is it? Guess. 
Uh, ooh, Stanford. 43, 40, 42, 42,000. You're 10,000 off. 52? 53,000. $53, $53,000. Which is... Now, we could... Puts this in, puts this in, in, in reference here. Now, as someone who, who works in academic advising, Nina should apply for scholarships. <laughs> She's gonna get them. There are opportunities available to you. Here's, here's Don't a, make your father sell his business. Here's a pro tip for future and current students. If you need money, just ask. Aid exists, and it is actually plentiful. If you go to your financial aid office, you're like, hey, you got any loose scholarships? They'll be like, we got five. Which one do you want to apply right. to? And All if you're of them? The, if okay. you're the only one who applies to them, you get them. And here's another, here's another little tip and trick. Just like buying a used car. If you walk onto a used car lot and you pay sticker price for a car, you are stupid. Same right. thing with college. Stanford will say fifty three thousand. You do not pay sticker price. No. no, no, like the only people who genuinely pay sticker price at institutions are mm -hmm. typically international students because it's usually subsidized by the by a country government, etc. Mm -hmm. You do not pay sticker price, and if you are no. paying sticker price, then you are you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Like yeah. save yourself twenty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. You could get it down to half. Just Google your state scholarships. You could write an essay on being Puerto Rican and like you will get money. Yes. Anyway, she would have been perfectly fine. So that's her that's her thing. <laughs> uh, other love interest is gonna be Vanessa and Usnavi. Yes. Uh, Vanessa, once again, is the is the wannabe who wants to move uptown. She mm -hmm. wants to escape. Yes. She doesn't want to be a part of this. She is such a goddamn buzzkill throughout all of this. She's kind of, her and Sunny are a little... Sunny, understandably so. But Sunny is more vocal about the ills of society. He's he's our little social justice warrior. He really is. And we'll talk about him during 96,000. But, mm -hmm. like, he he's he's pretty, he's pretty okay. Yeah. Vanessa is just like, it's hot. Why are you happy? It's hot. That was the... <laughs> Getting in when we get to Carnival in the Barrio, which I don't think we're gonna, we're not really gonna go through the whole plot in detail. We're gonna no, we're I, I, we're on a roll here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in Carnival in the Barrio, she like was, first of all, it's a blackout. So there's no power. It's blackout, like, blackout. It's I guess this time of year, yeah, like mid July, like, yeah, August. There, it's also in uh, New York, which is comprised of concrete, mm -hmm. um, and so the heat just gets trapped. Um, and so you have this very, very hot situation, uh, literally. Color, color. We'll get there in a moment. Uh, and she comes out and is just like, why are you all happy? Life it's sucks. Hot. It's hot. It's and just like, they're in, during 96,000, they're all just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then the music just grinds to a halt. And she's just like. If I won the lottery, you would never see me again. I'll be off town. And like And even Usnavi's like, alright, calm down. Like, it's a stay, hypothetical. Like stay broke then, Jesus. Like yeah. she I don't like her. I really don't. I, like, and I get what she represents. Mm -hmm. Um and she and her story arc is very important to the theme of like where you're from, like appreciating culture, like all uh, yeah, that's yeah. it's important to that. But God is it obnoxious. Yeah. She's just like I hate it here. <laughs> and then we have 
I would say two more relationships, not love interest, but relationships. relationships. We have Abuela and the community. Community. So, oh my god. I'm gonna, I'll just say it, Abuela is my favorite character in yes. this. Yeah. Um, because she really is, she is there to represent the plight of immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> and and her song, Pacienza y Fe. Patience and Faith. Right. Is the best... Is it the best song in the It's musical? my favorite song. It's, I think, the most poignant song. Right, which in a musical like this that's designed to make a point, I think it, the, the social commentary is, is, is well-received. It, it's well-received. It's also just heartbreaking. Yes. Like... And, yeah, oh, oh that will get its own ten minutes of conversation. Similar to how we talked about when we talked about West Side Story, how the song America has not changed, mm-hmm. this song... Has not changed. And can apply to every generation that has ever existed in the United States in its own way. Because if you go through the history of this country, each wave of, uh, of, migrants. of migrants follows the same exact goddamn routine every single time. Like, every time there is, is, is a plight in the country and there's a large influx... Of a, of of a, uh, you know a certain nationality into the United States, they go through the same six steps. I don't care if you're like Irish, Italian, uh, German, German, Chinese, Mexican, yes. Japanese, Russian, Arabic, like you, Italian, yeah, whatever. You fall you follow these same exact steps, and I that's why I appreciate it because it's like any person who is an immigrant to this country could like watch that song and be like, yep, it's about. It's about right. Yeah. Whether they came here in 1776 or if they came here in... Well... Another time. Okay. Another time. Um, But no, I think the... The foundations of the country to today, right? Yes. The the one line that really got me in that song was um, when she's talking about, you know, they welcomed us with open arms, clean this, clean that, learn English. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, they welcomed me with open arms to go do the grunt work right. that they didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. That's what they saw immigrants as. Right. And you know. so like, you have Abuela, who's just like, is is well and truly the staple of the neighborhood, the matriarch of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, she, like, her whole thing is, is paciencia y fe, which is patience and faith. So mm-hmm. like, Whenever people get down, she's just like, patience and faith. Like, it's all good in we'll the neighborhood. It's okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Like, life's yeah. good. Um, and then the... And so everyone absolutely adores her. Yeah. And the last relationship, I think, that we have... This is the most important one. Is Piragua and Mr. Mister Softy. Oh, man. The the rivalry of, of a generation. And so, Mr. Softy is played by... Christopher Jackson. Christopher Jackson. Who was the original Benny in Uh in The Heights, and also was George Washington in the original cast of Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And And Piragua is, of course, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes. And so these two, like, playfully, like, you know, go after each other throughout the film, and then in a post in a (laughs) Marvel-esque post credit scene... Because I, I did not see this, and then you're like, did you see the post credit scene? And I'm like, what? No, I did not watch all of the credits to get to the post credit scene Which, of, like, in is, the Heights. Is this the first movie musical with a post credit scene? Probably. Honestly, Mamma Mia might have had one that I just didn't watch through, too. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so it's like, you have all these relationships, um, and essentially it's just everyone moving throughout their day, trying to navigate the complexity 
of all of these relationships. Mm-hmm. And then it's discovered. Um, or do or what are some songs in here we want to touch on? Um, well, I think so, "Breathe" is fine. "Breathe" is good. Well, of course, we're already talking about "In the Heights." Yeah, Benny's dispatch is just fun. It just establishes the relationship between Benny and and mm-hmm. Nina. Breathe, that's Nina's big song. Yes. And it, this one is, there are a couple songs in this musical, not a lot. There, I would say there are like two or three yeah. that are very like musical. You're like, oh, this is, that's a musical. Like Carnival del Barrio, like mm-hmm. could play in a restaurant and I'd be like, okie dokie, like sounds yeah. about right. But mm-hmm. like, you're not going to listen to like Breathe. Like yeah. that is, that is very much a, 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 a musical cliche I want song. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just Nina being like, man, I just got to breathe. Cause I'm surrounded yeah. by all these people who are like, man, how's, how's college. And she's just like, same thing. Lots mm-hmm. of tests, lots, lots of papers, all that yeah. stuff. Um, so that's like, that's her want song. Mm-hmm. And then she announces though, that she, um, you know, dropped out of school while she's at the salon. While she's at the salon. And we get... This is a fun number. We get No Mediga no with... Mediga. With uh, Daniela, Carla, Vanessa, and Kuka? So, do, do you know about the, the story of Kuka? No. So, this was... Originally, I believe, in the stage production, there were only two of them. And Kuka is the third who was added for the movie. Now, there was a person, if I can find... Yes... So, one of the staple performers of the stage show, her name was Doreen Montevallo, mm-hmm. and she um, she played, like, a bunch of roles. She, like, danced around, I think, four to five different roles until she kind of ended up in the ensemble, but she passed away in 2020. Mm-hmm. And so, her nickname on, on stage uh, amongst the cast was Cuckoo. And so, she kind of makes, um, they, they give tribute to her two places in this. And the first is like you know the the third of the trio now, which kind of makes sense. Right. You know, you would expect it to be a trio, mm-hmm. um, but it's only a trio in the film. And and the third one is kind of like the spiritual, you know, placeholder for Doreen. Um, huh. And then also they have a mural for her at the end. Oh. She she is one of the one of the many many murals that uh, appear in this, but it is it yeah. is a large wall mural to Doreen Montevallo. Huh. Yes. She also sings in Para Siempre. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Or she sings that part in in one of those songs. Yeah. So yes. Hmm. There's your little side note. I thought that Fun. was interesting. I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah. Um. Which had to have been hmm. added relatively recent recently yeah um so um, yes anywho you have yeah. no mediga <clears throat> yes um which means don't tell me yes which i think that one this is the first number where things start to get a little magical mm-hmm. with the uh wig uh, yes. heads that will turn turn so i thought um, it was terrifying uh, it was a little <laughs> creepy i was like oh so let you know what let's talk about this. Let's, okay. So there are a couple things. What are your thoughts on this? So there are no couple, Medica, the musical, the number. No, just the the concept of like the weird magical things that occur throughout this show. Because there's a couple. There so are. like in the Heights, um, at one point Usnavi like he's talking about the music of the streets. He mm-hmm. like pushes his foot on a manhole cover mm-hmm. and it makes that of like a, right. of a turntable. Right. 
Um, and then it turns like it actually is. Right. Like, a, like an a- actual record. We have that. We also have during 96,000. Yes. The, the, the aerial. The aerial art. Yes. They, you know, we have the lightsaber. We have like the whooshes of uh-huh. the hand, the arrows, the 96,000. You have the the weird turning heads in, in Nome Diga. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just goes away in the rest of the film. <laughs> and then we have Nina and Benny's number where they're dancing, dancing on while, the side. Yeah. And... I'm not gonna say it. You're not. You're not gonna say it. You know what I'm? The diajet. You know stop, that word. Stop. But you have a moment. <laughs> We're in, having a good day. You have a moment in that number where they're dancing on a window, mm-hmm. and the kid in sees them dancing. sees them dancing. They're like, so are they actually dancing, or is this a dream? Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so, like, what do you, what do you, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Because, the, like. I think there it's... are moments like that that are really cool, but right. for the rest of it, it's like a very, very grounded yeah show. I think that I don't know. I have. I think I'm because con- like there, it, a lot of it is, and I, I absolutely understand the the decision to implement it because it's like mm-hmm. it is the the musical streets the the city is right. alive right. like they're interacting with their environment like their environment is are the things that are these inanimate objects that come alive right mm-hmm. so like as they dance on the street mm-hmm. the street is also kind of coming alive and dancing with them you see it yeah. in the beginning before you actually get lights up in Washington Heights up. Mm-hmm. like you have as you have your three two rhythm in there mm-hmm. things are occurring in the city naturally to that beat right it's like someone is washing something like blah 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 mm-hmm. closing doors etc to that beat so the whole idea is like this the, the city it's is the rhythm alive, of the city. right yeah. it's the rhythm of the city and that they're connected to it through right their expression i'm conflicted honestly because part of me is like you know you're taking a stage show and you're making it into a movie mm-hmm. and you know you've now changed the medium into something that can be more expressive and can do things like that. Have, you know, having the heads, the wig heads turn, you can do that on a stage. You can you could. create a mechanism to do that. But to do like the air art or dancing on the side of the building, like that takes the magic of film. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote magic of film. Um, but... I don't know. I, I, thought feel, it, I thought it was interesting. I feel like if every musical number had something magical in it, right. it'd be fine. It wasn't, uh, but yeah. two thirds of them don't, mm-hmm. which is conflict. Is weird. like after blackout, there uh, the, there's none in the second half of the movie until the dancing on the side. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. So I thought I thought it was interesting. Um, yeah, it's like I I definitely understand the message of it. I I, I appreciated that. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Um. But so yeah, a little side side side. Mm-hmm. Note there. So Nina announces like she dropped out, and everyone's just like, "Well, that's some shitty news." Um, that's what they actually said. <laughs> yeah, that's some shitty news. Yeah. And then we have Vanessa, her "I Wish" song, or she's like the elevated train, and she talks about this a lot. And meanwhile, everyone from Chicago's they're all you know freaking rolling their eyes. They're just like, "It's called the L." Like she's like the elevated East train, coasters. right? <laughs> Um, and so she's like, I want to be anywhere else. She wants to be where the people are. She wants to see, want to see them dancing. (laughs) She wants some trinkets, um, and hide them in her sea cave. So, (laughs) 
I, I will say the thing I did like about this song, I think I thought it was a good takeaway, is like at the end, the really cool visual effect in this is like the color drapes and the, the color fabric waving in the sky. Mm-hmm. Now, the the idea of seeing the city like through her eyes is something we re- return to at the end, yes. where she's like, Usnavi, I just want you, like you said you wanted to see the city through my eyes. Mm-hmm. Here's how I see it because she's an artist. Um, fashion designer yes so i liked i liked that part of it because it was just like oh okay vanessa sees things differently but also at the same time we as the audience are like oh so she sees things differently but she's inspired by where she lives right and so it's interesting because we as the audience are like oh she is connected to this place right but her conflict is that she wants to also leave also wants to leave right so it's that this is, you know, I've been here my entire life, and this is what I'm drawn, what I, you know, am inspired by, but also, i got to get out. Right. It's almost getting hung up on the idea of leaving. Yeah. Versus the actuality of it. Right. Or so. just that, you know, what's next? Like, there's got to be something next. I need to go right. somewhere. I can't stay stagnant. Yeah. Um, which, of course, we learn later is is, is a conflict for her. Mm-hmm. Um so now as we keep uh, another thing <laughs> so we're we're inching closer to a blackout yeah and the movie reminds us like three days till blackout, which was real ominous Two days till right, blackout. which is real ominous the first time you see it because you're like wait what, what? <laughs> huh do you think that they need to do that they didn't have to do that i thought it was, i don't i feel like they do it during the stage show i remember seeing it projected like, if they do it in the, the stage show then that's fine. Right. I think it's interesting because it's like, do you need to know that you're inching towards something or is the blackout enough to be surprising to be like, oh my God, like, now this is crazy. This is interesting. I think it's enough this mixes things up. to just be surprising as is. Mm-hmm. I don't think you needed it to necessarily needed it to be like, you know, oh, what's going to happen? Right. Here we go. Here we go. Right. Because the blackout itself doesn't really, in the movie at least, mm-hmm change a whole lot of the story no the it, only it, thing we really get from that is tension between usnavi and vanessa yes because he left her right quote unquote left her and like some would argue that it also leads to the the death of abuela but at the same time sis wasn't taking her meds in the city still fucking hot like right. I, don't, I don't think the blackout necessarily you know was the catalyst for that no um and they even say that they, they, you know, it was the combination of the heat and the stress and her not taking her medications. Right. So I, I, I thought the blackout was an interesting plot point. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish it just sat on its own. I kind of wish it was yeah. its own thing that just happens mm-hmm. um, as you inch towards it. Because mm-hmm. um, clearly the blackout is the end of Act 1. Yes. And the Act 2 is the fallout from the event. Yeah. And, you know, what happens from there. But the, so we get this. So as we mentioned earlier, in the beginning of the show, the movie, everyone's buying lottery tickets. Big lottery town. And uh, do you buy scratch offs? Are you a lottery man? No, I I think it's a con. I'm not a lottery person. I'm, I'm not going to buy twenty dollars of tickets to win two dollars back. That means I have to drive my car back there to cash in. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on. I'm not a gambler in general. Mm-mm. Um, like I wouldn't go to Vegas. Like. I go to Vegas for the food, right? I feel like and the, the shows, but not the gambling. Anyway, I was just giving someone else your money for no good reason, right? Um, but then, so we have 
the call to the bodega. Yes. I'm just, I didn't know that that's how yep. lottery things work. It's, it reminded me of um, in both versions of Willy Wonka <laughs> when the Candyman owner... Oh, no, only in the second one. Only in the, sec- only in the Johnny Depp version um, is the candy store owner like, A golden ticket in my store! Oh, yep. my God! It reminded me of that, of just like, Hey, by the way, you sold the winning ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, cool. Mm-hmm. And so we have this whole song about 96,000. 96,000. So, mm-hmm. uh, how they chose the number 96,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, first of all, likes the number 96. Second of all, that's literally half of it. The other half I of it... I was born in 1996, same, so... Same big fan. Good year. Yeah, good year. Um, good Lin-Manuel vintage. Miranda also wanted the amount of money to be enough to, like, change some things. Like, to help and be like, oh, this is nice to have. But not enough to change your life. And so he went with 96,000, which I think is great commentary on capitalism. Because if you think about it, what does $96,000 get you? Not even two semesters at Stanford. (laughs) (laughs) It gets me, you know, like, pay off student debt and stuff and have some left over. It would be a nice, like, buffer to have. But, like, at the end of the day, it's not... I was even thinking the same thing while watching it. Like, 96,000 is not a lot. But but it helps. So that's how they came up with the number. Also... As I told you, uh, flash forward to Hamilton, yeah. they talk about, oh, what's the song? What's the song? Um, it's right, right Hand Man. Yes. He's he's like 32,000 troops in New York, York. Harper. And mm-hmm. if you, they say 32,000 troops three times, and if you add that up, that equals 96,000. 96, uh, <laughs> nice little Easter egg. No. Not, the, not the only Hamilton Easter egg by any means. No. There are a couple besides half the cast being from Hamilton. Yeah. That's not really an Easter egg. That's kind of just a like Nar- uh, not narcissism, narcissism, narcissism. <laughs> nepotism. <laughs> well, maybe a little bit. Who knows? Um, but also, when Jimmy Smith is on the phone mm-hmm. with Stanford uh, to try to get his daughter re-enrolled, mm-hmm. the whole music is an instrumental of "You'll Be Back." Of "You'll Be Back." So nice little Hamilton reference for you. So ninety six thousand is. We talk about a lot. We talk a lot about I wish songs. This is like the I wish song. nothing but I wish song. Like yeah. everyone wants. It's what they would do with their ninety six thousand mm-hmm. dollars. There's really not a whole lot like in here. There's like I would get my hair cut. Mm-hmm. I'm like, y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy some spray paint. It's like okay. okay. <laughs> and then Sonny comes in and he's like, I'm gonna fix housing. I'm gonna I'm fix. Like- Poverty. It's like, oh. Which is really cool. Which Now points, I feel like an idiot. Right. Which points to, to like an interesting theme of the show, which is like the next generation. Yes. Um so like Sonny represents, you know, the ne- the next generation and hit and he will be the next generation to carry on the tradition and the culture, um, but mm-hmm. also be the one to like make those changes. And yeah. so that's kind of enveloped with how he is the only person who doesn't talk about in 96,000 spending the money on himself. He wants to spend it on other people. He wants to be relatively altruistic. Um, and then also in the show, in the in the movie at least, it's all kind of like a flashback in mm-hmm. which Uznavi is telling the story to ch- children and we later find out his child yeah. um, as he wants to pass on the story and be the be the storyteller for, for that next generation. Yeah. Also hidden in the song, uh, the lottery numbers are the director's 
wife and children's birthdays in order. Good on you, John Chu. Good on you, John Chu. <laughs> All right. On this week's segment of Good on You, you John, John Chu. <laughs> what good has John Chu done this week? Yes. Um, also, uh, this was shot on a cloudy, thunderstormy day. Kind of terrifying in respect to be in a pool. pool. In a thunderstorm? Yeah. So if you go back and watch this or you haven't seen it for the first time, mm-hmm. what happened was they were supposed to shoot it in two days, but they had to shoot it in three because they actually shot it in a real pool in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kept raining and thunderstorming. And they couldn't change the shoot schedule because of all of the people in this number, which make it really fucking cool. Right. Um, it's visually stunning. Choreographically amazing. It's, it's really, really, really well done. Mm-hmm. But if you go back and watch it, they actually had to color grade which just means they play with all the like sliders that you would on your phone if you were doing amateur edits um for all those instagram edits yeah all your instagram edits um to make it look like it was brighter outside because it was supposed to be the hottest day of the year right in the in the show in the movie it's supposed to be the hottest day of the year so they change all these sliders and everything to color grade it to make it look really really hot outside and really like a bright sunny sunny day Mm -hmm. but look at the colors so all of the people have you know, really bright, vibrant color, like swimsuit outfits, like mm-hmm. pool inflatables. Right. But if you notice, none of them are saturated the same way the colors are in other shots. Mm. And so it almost looks kind of washed out. It does. This is getting real nitpicky, but I think it's really interesting just to see, like, movie-wise, how a lot of times movies have to make these, like, you know, Little changes fixes. And, yeah. and fixes and edits and stuff. Like Vanessa... When she is in the center of the co-centric rings, yeah. she's not actually there. That was a different shot of her in the pool. What? And they CGI'd her into the middle of the pool. Because everyone around her is splashing and making waves. And it kept pushing her raft all over the place. <laughs> so, so they shot her sitting in a stagnant pool. Uh-huh. And an overhead shot. And then they just rotoscoped her out and plopped her into another shot of everyone in the pool doing the actual dance and musical numbers. And for the close-up shots, it's actually, in another episode of Good on You, John Chu, he's actually just, after doing a number of shoots, they couldn't get her to stop moving, so he said, fuck it. And he went in the pool, and it's just him holding the raft. And it's shot from an angle where you don't see his hands on the side holding the raft. Wow. Good on you, John Chu. Good on you, John Chu. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, once again, she has her buzzkill moment in that song. Right. But it's also a really good song. Like, they do mm-hmm. a lot of really great rolling harmonies in there. Yeah. Um, where it almost feels like you're going to enter Act 2. Yeah. But not yet. Not yet. Um, not yet. And more so, no one can find the winning lottery checkout. No. No one No one comes and announces it. Mm-hmm. So, no one knows where that is. We yeah. have the, the best song in the show. Uh, Actually, Karawa. I need to run to the bathroom real quick. You need to go to the bathroom real quick? I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go. Okay. Yeah, head out. Yeah. See, see ya. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm just going to keep talking about this. So, like, we meet uh, we meet Lin-Manuel Miranda's character in this. Uh, and he, not for the first time, but he is uh, the Piragua guy. Uh, and so he... Oh, Piragua. Oh. oh god oh. oh Piragua Is that oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda <laughs> Hey Joe it's me Lin-Manuel Miranda Oh hey bud what are you uh, What are you doing I here? was in the neighborhood in the barrio This isn't the barrio this is Dayton Ohio <laughs> What are you, what are you Close doing Close enough What are you doing here I heard you were talking about my movie We, we were you Yeah did, you, 
Yeah, yeah, you did real good in this one. It was a good one. Yeah, are you happy with how it uh, turned out? You know, I don't think people really realize the hardships you face. Yeah. Living in the heights. You're right, that is... Uh, the... With the oh, lights. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> seeing the sights. Yeah, you're right. It is, it's a beautiful part of New York. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it... it... <laughs> it's really popular for you to talk about the plight of immigrants in your, in your stories. Really. It's kind of my thing. It's kind of your thing. It's always my Tell thing. me about your creative process, Lynn. While we're here, it'd be, it would be a shame for us, to, for us to not ask you about your creative process. Well, you see... I like to look at any kind of event, whether it's the life of Alexander Hamilton or the winning of a lottery ticket through the eyes of someone like myself. Yeah. D- d- have you ever won a lottery ticket, Lynn? I won the lottery on life. The, <laughs> the lottery on life, yeah? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not making fun of you, I promise. Listen, you keep your mouth shut. <laughs> you make fun of me on my mu- musicals. I'll end you. Lynn, I, I, I think I'd do well to remind you that you just kind of walked in here and uh, you're actually trespassing. Uh, I'm Lin-Manuel Miranda. Everyone knows me. Yes, everyone does. Okay. I don't get arrested. Adam, Lynn's in your house. Adam can't hear you right now. Oh, God. What did you do with Adam? Uh, nothing. The door to the bathroom is very... Very solid. well insulated. Okay. I see how it is. Uh, Lynn, would you like to tell me, your, what was your favorite song from the show? Oh, Piragua. Piragua. <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite song, Piragua. That's pretty good. Why did you not take the lead role? Well, you see, when we made the... Is it because you were too old? Listen, like a great wine, I have aged. I have become a vintage, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. And I had to give it. To the next generation. That mm. being Anthony Ramos. Anthony Ramos. Who, if you didn't know, was in Hamilton. Yeah. We won 11 yeah. Tonys yeah. with that musical. Yes, Lynn, we all know about Hamilton. I'm not quitting EGOT winner yet. It's the bane of my existence. I, yeah, you'll, knowing you, you'll you'll end up getting one. Like I'm going to be a three-time EGOT winner. Yeah, yes, Lynn, we're talking about In the Heights, though. Would you like to talk about In the Heights? So, In the Heights was amazing when I wrote it. Uh-huh. And I couldn't play the role of Usnavi mm-hmm. now. No. Uh, Certainly not. You're too old now. Because it would be like... It'd be like that gif, you know, of Steve Buscemi with the skateboard. No, yeah, we've already tried, We've already gone down this road. Yeah, it's the Steve Buscemi with the skateboard. Yeah. And he's just like, hello, fellow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're, so you're I decided... On on. Oh. Someone already said that. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. Yeah, you weren't the first this oh, time. Oh, shoot. Is that going to be okay with you? That's fine. Is that going to be okay That's with fine. you, Lin-Manuel Miranda? That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Um, you, but, hey, bud, you still... Don't get too down. You wrote Hamilton, remember? I did write Hamilton, and, you know, I got my best friend, Christopher Jackson, who played Benny in the original production. Yeah. He came back yeah. as Mr. Softy. Yeah, we, we yeah we just we we did talk about that already. Oh, yeah, um, we we've covered that we've covered that ground. Then. Oh, you're just a genius then about my musicals, huh? Yeah, kinda. You just um, kind of know everything, don't you? Yeah, a little bit. All right. Well, okay. Well, Lynn, it's been nice. This Lynn, has been great, Lynn. You're every everyone's favorite, Lynn. Uh, I listen. Puerto Rico's most proud son, you know. I'm San Juan's savior. Uh, mm, mm, it's gonna be tough for some people there, but like we won't we won't talk about that. Uh, Never said I was free of controversy. You, you had an outlet? I'm gonna get going. Okay, see ya. 
I'm um, gonna go sell my piragua. Can you can you call? Can you like knock next time before just walking into someone's home? Oh, I don't know about that. You don't know? Okay. I think I might just pop in every now and then. Okay. See how you guys would do. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just call up. Maybe shoot shoot us a text. Shoot shoot us a text next time. You guys then. use Snapchat? Yeah, but I'm going to turn off my location for you if you don't mind. <laughs> That's completely fair. Like, you seem like a cool guy. I don't know if I um, need Lin-Manuel Miranda to have my location. Um, who wouldn't? I, m- m- most, most people, but that's, you know, it's okay. Not really a true fan, but whatever. Yes, okay, but... but oh, right. Yeah, just keep dancing away. God, what a cool guy. Lin- Lin-Man- God, how the hell did I <coughs> get in here? Uh, was that Lin Manuel Miranda? Yeah, he kind of just kicked down your door. He might need to put in a work order to get that fixed. Oh shoot! Yeah, he's got some strong legs. Yeah, <laughs> man, get you a man who can do it all. I guess Jesus. God, he kept talking about Hamilton. I was like, God, do it. Oh my God. Anyway, um, so moving on. Um, um, we have a love song, be queen, be, be queen, uh. <laughs> With Benny and Nina. It's fine. There's nothing really there. Uh, <laughs> there's a better version of it later. Yes. But um, it's time to dance. We're going to the club. Yes. So Proof that you can have. I just spit all over you. That's disgusting. Thank God it's not COVID anymore. Um, well, we're both vaccinated. Yeah, just maybe. And you actually had COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It was It so, was not great. Um, I, did, I did see that if you, have, if you had COVID and you got a two-shot vaccine, some scientists are saying you're going to have uh, vaccination for life. Against cool. COVID. That's neat. So you're like, you're like Superman. Yeah. Y'all should have just had someone cough in your mouth like I did and then you can get free. free Is that coverage, what happened? Free coverage for life. Is that what happened? Anywho, so. Um, We're not going to answer that question. Nope. Okay. Uh Just, you know, proof that the club scene, also the song, The Club. Yes. Proof that people can dance in New York without getting into a gang fight. Yeah. Eat your heart out, West Side Story. Uh. <laughs> So this one is this one's a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. It really is the the dance number of the whole thing. Yeah, uh, really, really, f- absolutely phenomenal choreography. Tons yeah. of fun. Um, but there's some like relationship struggles that are going through here. Mm-hmm. Like Ustami's uh, really, really trying to get Vanessa drunk. Um, it's awkward. It's kind of weird, and it's it's played off so so oddly. Like they're trying to dance with each other the whole night, but people keep kind of pulling them aside into different social circles and because he's trying to be like, I'm gonna play it cool. Yeah, he wants to play cool. Right. While all these other guys are dancing up on Vanessa, and he's like getting jealous about it. So finally, they're about to dance together, and he's like, I'm gonna go get a shot. Bye. And she's like, Wait, no, come come back here. Like, and then I don't want a shot. I don't want to drink. Blackout. 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 Um. Which is a real, which is a good song. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you know what they say, uh, "Tell don't show," and so they say in the song, and they do both. Powerless, we are powerless. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, oh, I don't think they're just talking about the lights. I think they're talking oh. about their blights. Oh. <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda rubbed <laughs> off on you, and I'm I'm kind of upset about that. <laughs> Anywho, uh, <laughs> so the lights go out. Everyone goes kind of nuts. Um, yeah. And they're just like, well, we need to get out of here because people might start looting and stuff. So they, all, they people start setting off fireworks. I don't know where they got all of these I think fireworks. the fireworks were supposed to already happen because Vanessa mentions to Usnavi, let's go to the club and we'll see the fireworks afterwards. Is this King's Island? Do they just have fireworks every night? Like, okay. Uh, what's, what are they celebrating? 
I don't know, Fourth of July. Uh, I guess I could see it. In Washington Heights. And so they get separated, and then, like, uh, Vanessa plays this whole thing. This this annoys me. To me, she's just like, Usnavi, you left me. And, and it's, it's like, like, well, he was in one part of the club, and you were another, and, and there the are no windows out. there, so it was dark. Right. Like, that's kind of on both of you a little bit for not having an agreed-to-emergency evacuation like, plan, like FEMA would suggest. Like, Usnavi should have just waited by the door. Yes. Just wait by the door, and then Vanessa would have, you know, mm-hmm. gotten to him. But he didn't. Whatever. So now we're fighting about it. And now we're yeah. back at Abuela's place, partying, playing bingo. Playing bingo. Everyone's favorite things. The best blackout game. Yes. <laughs> blackout game. Thunderstruck. No, uh, bingo. Um, oh. <laughs> you get a spot on your card, finish your drink. Um, and so then we get two songs pretty back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Because Abuela has succumbed to her her, her health, her death. I was going to say, like, her medical issues. Um, but I think it's played off in a way that almost seems like she was intentional on in not taking medication. Yes. At least the way Paciencia y Fe is sung. Which we won't go into the details. Yeah. We already did that already. Um, but it almost seems like she's looking at Usnavi and the salon girls and the other people who are there, and she's kind of like, my work here is done. Mm-hmm. Like, I have built this community. It is clearly self-sufficient without me. Right. My time has come. I'm going to go join my mother. Yes. In heaven, the afterlife, whatever you want to yes. you know, call it. Um, but the symbolism in this song is pretty wild. So it's like, yeah. as she goes through her life, it's following her symbolically through her taking the subway. Yes. Throughout her daily life. Mm -hmm. And she is stuck underground. It's very dark and moody. As she flashes between phases of her life, it's represented by in the wardrobe and, like, the style and the music of, like, that era. So, like, Mm -hmm. you have people and their passengers now wearing, you know, stuff from the 50s and 60s -hmm. and now going through time. As she's saying, like, we were born, I was born in, I think she's Cuba. Cuba. Yeah, because she's like, oh, so many stars in in Cuba. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, her mom couldn't find work there. So Mm -hmm. she says, one day we're like, vamos Nueva York. Like, let's go to New York. Right. And they're like, New York is far. New York is hot. But, oh, well, here we go. Mm -hmm. And so, like, at the beginning, things were fine. And and she drops this, which is, you know, what you do if you have a cool experience like this. But she's just, like, dancing with Mayor LaGuardia. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's the airport uh, <laughs> named after the mayor named after the mayor yes like what a cool experience she had but then things you know take a turn um and it's just like you've got to you've got to clean like mm. working every day sharing a full-size bed with someone right trying to learn english um and like finally when she gets to like the end of her life she's like do i or the end of her her commute Right. And her life, she's like, D- okay, so all that's behind me. I came here for a dream. I didn't really live the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what to do. Like, should I leave or stay? And she's staring at the light. And then she, she looks back, back down the tunnel, back through the mm-hmm. subway and all the uh, the turmoil that she just went through to get to this point. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all right, mom, fine. Okay, patience and faith and then she she passes away and then the community kind of 
is really sad because they just lost their matriarch in the song alabanza which means like we raise this to you mm-hmm. and like in gratitude and, and thanks and yeah oh adios abuela so she's gone yeah now we have now we have the whole like daca thing which it's just like it, it's whatever it happens um they're yeah. like hey let's go to this rally um we find out that sunny is in at the rally we find out that sunny's a dreamer as well uh-huh um and nina is you know oh well who we can to support you um and then that's basically all you need to know about that mm-hmm. moving on to the next song <laughs> carnival de barrio my favorite song in this musical i love the line in this where so uh, the the leader of the salon Mm-hmm. is moving up is like moving out of town she's moving to like a nicer place yeah she's getting ready to move and she's like okay bye but there's no one there and she's like where the hell is everyone she, was, she goes to the back alley where apparently the entirety of the town is all of them the, all the of washington heights just chilling just chilling and like in a very jarring introduction to the song she goes hey hey what's the so, like <laughs> And, like, and you're like, oh god, what the hell? And it was a lot more high pitched than what I did. It wasn't yes. like a bass, like, hey, hey. hey. Um, and she's like, never have I seen Latin people, people afraid of heat. heat. Yeah. Which I was like, that's, that's funny. Yeah, she's that's, like, that's, that's really good. good one. And then she's just like, and she goes into this whole thing where things don't have like, to be great. Let's just fucking dance. I loved her. Lo- Let me see if I can find the, the lyrics here. And so, um, like, she's getting, like, everyone to dance. She's kind of, like, footloose in it. She's just like, hey, mm-hmm. we're all gonna dance. Like, let's have some fun. Like, things may yeah. be, look, may be looking dark, but, like, mm-hmm. doesn't mean we can't still celebrate ourselves, our culture, our, you know, appreciation, yeah. our connection with each other. The, here it is. When she's, at the very beginning, um, she talks about growing up in the hills of Vega Alta. Uh-huh. My favorite time of year was Christmas time. Ask me why. Why? <laughs> there wasn't an ounce of snow. And it goes into this whole thing about but like, oh, the mojito will flow. And the carnival will begin. Businesses were closed. Yep. So then they just have a carnival. So they would just like party, party. it up. They party yeah. it up. And everyone starts partying it up and everyone's having a good time. Mm-hmm. And then Vanessa and her bullshit comes out <laughs> and she's just like, it's hot. Why is everyone smiling? So the lyrics are for Vanessa. Why is everyone so happy? We're sweating and we have no power. I gotta get out of here soon. This block's getting worse by the hour. You can't even go to the club with a friend without having somebody shove you. Yeah, that's what a fucking club is, Vanessa. I hate to break this to you, darling, but have you never been to the club before? And then the the salon leaders are like, oh, come on. Don't act like Uznavi's your friend. Like, you get all your coffee for free, sis. Like, y'all right. together. Um, yeah. And so then, wonderful, wonderful dance number. Everyone's mm-hmm. now happy. And the power's back! They dance yes. the power back, which yep. I think is probably more so due to the, the, the hard work and diligence of the utility workers. Yes. But, oh well, thank you for dancing. Um, but, so, the blackout finally ends, things are fine. Yeah. Uh, Nina's gonna go back to Stanford, but she has to dance on a wall with Benny. In a really cool sequence. Mm-hmm. Looks really good. I'm yeah. really surprised. And Benny's like, I'm gonna, I'll come visit you, I'm gonna fly out west and mm-hmm. see you and all that. Um, and then, finally, the day comes where Usnavi's cleaning out Abuela's apartment. Yes. 
and he discovers something. So he finds in the literal last thing he's like removing from the apartment, a little jewelry like, box, a little thing. jewelry box sitting on the windowsill. He opens it and she's like, "Oh, a nice rosary, of course." And then pulls out a slip of paper. And it's the goddamn lottery ticket of John Chu's family members' birthdays. Right. And so and it says for Uznavi in the top corner. And so Uznavi now has ninety six thousand dollars. Ninety six thousand. Ninety six thousand. Thirty two thousand troops. Um Times three. Times three. Does that have cubed? Um No, that wouldn't be ninety six thousand, that would be like in the million anywho. Yeah, it was ninety six or thirty two thousand cubed. Uh, anywho, so he finds that, and he's just like, oh, shit, this is cool. Um, but just then, Vanessa shows up, and she had, she had moved uptown, um, and stuff, and, oh, three, (laughs) 3.2786E plus 13. Yeah, that's, that's like a three, 3.2768 with 13 zeros. Yeah, that's a lot of zeros, that's a, that's a lot of. That's a lot of troops in New York Harbor. (laughs) I think they don't fit. I don't think there were that many people back then. I don't know how many people now. Nope, and won't hopefully ever be, because we'll run out of resources by probably 2054. Um, And so Vanessa shows up because she wants to thank Uznavi for helping someone, convince someone uh, to co-sign on her uh, rent, on her Mm -hmm. lease. And so she does a reprise of... Um, and so this this was odd I didn't pick up on this the first time I watched it I did the second time they like start yelling at each other in this but they're singing but it's meant to be like them mm-hmm. actually yelling yeah um, and she's mad because Usnavi wants is leaving that next morning for the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. and she's like you should stay here. And he's just like, why? And she's like, you're abandoning everyone. And he's like, sis, you just aban- you just abandoned everyone. Like, I'm not any different than you. Right. So they're fighting, and finally he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> um, and so it's the next morning, and they Uznavi's getting ready to leave, and he, he's singing about, like, you know, how he's, he's seeing, it feels like he's seeing things for the first time, or because mm-hmm. he's starting to to realize what he's about to leave behind and he's just mm-hmm. like you know the garbage smells like the flowers old, the flowers and i'm like dude i think you're having a stroke i don't think you're well. <laughs> uh <laughs> so he's getting ready to head out um mm-hmm. but that night after vanessa left mm-hmm. she she goes and as she's walking home she gets some paint on her sneakers mm-hmm. uh from graffiti Pete. graffiti Pete. and he she sees his paint cloths his like down cloths mm-hmm. and she gets inspired to make clothes again because she lost her inspiration when she moved uptown right and usnavi was always told her how he wanted to see the world through her like creative eyes mm-hmm. and so as Usnavi's getting ready to leave she's like hey come in here real quick come back into the bodega and like you mm-hmm. know i want to show you something right and so she shows him a collection of clothes that she has made, mm-hmm. as well as Graffiti Pete, who I think really put in the work here. Yeah. This beautiful mural of, like, a beach setting in the Dominican, in the Dominican Republic all across the back wall. Yeah. And we've always like, okay, I'm not leaving anymore. I'm going to stay. Or I'm going to stay. And that's basically where it ends, where we see that what we thought was the beach at the start was actually the mural. Yes. And it was all being told, 
in the bodega, mm-hmm. and uh, we see that Vanessa and Mustavi had a, had a daughter. Oh, yeah. well, that's cute. We see that Sonny is not there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, bye. Don't know where he is. Hope everything's okay. And then we have a post credit scene, like a Marvel movie. Yes. Of the Piragua guy. Piragua! Um, celebrating the overflow of customers... Because Mr. Softy's truck broke down. <laughs> and then he goes over to Mr. Softy and gives him a piragua. A piragua. Yes. End of the movie. The end. So, like, what are what are our big themes here? Because there's a, there's a lot to this. Like, I, and I think that's why I appreciated it. Because it had a lot to say, but it didn't make me hate that it was saying it. No. So. It wasn't in your face. It wasn't in my face. And there's a lot of really subtle things. And if you go back and listen to the soundtrack, and, and you actually listen and you read the lyrics, it's like, wow, this was really, really well done. Yeah. So, like, the best example would be at the beginning, um, you have Usnavi talking about during in the heights he's like i'm just a street lamp you know stifled stifled in this heat on this corner by the bodega i'm not going anywhere you know this is this is what it is but at the end in the finale he's like i'm a street lamp on the corner illuminating the stories of the people in the street so Mm -hmm. now he's like you know he recognizes that the beauty of his culture and of of you know his life is like in the neighborhood that's where the connection is Mm -hmm. you can still celebrate all that here um and so like visibility is really important they talk about gentrification quite a bit and maintaining the neighborhood they say at the end like who's gonna care when you know this place is nothing but did they say white people and hipsters i think so yeah um so like visibility right storytelling culture Mm -hmm. um where you're from and the next generation right i thought it was very tasteful it was it's well done. Said so eloquently there, Joe. Don't tell Lin Manuel Miranda this, but this one was pretty good. This one, this one was good. I don't need him inflating his head more than it already yeah. is. But so speaking of Lin Manuel Miranda, uh, out of ten, I have a list here from Screen Rant, which I'm going to say is our sister website. <laughs> our, yeah, no, fuck it. It's our sister website. Uh, yeah, our sister. No one took Stage Rant. I'm still surprised uh-huh. by that. So uh, um, our sister platform screening rants uh, has the top 10 most iconic songs Lin-Manuel Miranda has ever written for stage and screen so you give me uh because this is like number one is the best out of 10 if you give me 10 equals one here so on and so forth I'll do two two like you give me like an eight or a nine nine out of ten yes okay in that case that is, Love Makes the World Go Round. Today. A slightly different song for the memo Miranda, but one designed for a television audience in mind. Miranda, <laughs> alongside a number of other famous musicians, created a song which would work as a charity single and be performed on the Today Show. Sung with Jennifer Lopez and written oh, by Jesus. a number of other talents, including Nelson Kyle, Melody Noel Hernandez, John Mitchell, Mike Molina, Jordan Johnson, Marcus Lomax, and Stefan Johnson... The song is considered one of Miranda's best outside of his Broadway and big screen productions. So out of all the choices that I could have had, I got essentially Lin-Manuel Miranda's We Are the World. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. cool. Uh, I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. Okay. Just because it was very long. It is long. There's a lot to it. It's very I thick. I think they could have cut down some of the dialogue. Really? Yeah. Okay. So that would be a 3. Which is my shot from Hamilton. 
You're the, not throwing away your shot? The thematic driving point of Hamilton, My Shot, really is one of the, the defining songs of the show and one of the most complex set of lyrics to handle, giving the audience both the history of Hamilton's life as well as setting out his future ambitions. The production centers around the success of this song. It's called back to many times with Alexander Hamilton obsessed with taking his <clears> best <throat> shot and trying to cement his own legacy. It's certainly a memorable moment in the show, which has huge cons- consequences? Consequences? Huge consequences for every scene thereafter. Hmm, I see. So, yeah. If you could cast Lin-Manuel Miranda... Oh, we're not going to do Meryl Streep? Nope. Well, we can do Meryl Streep. Well, I... Mm, I feel like it would be inappropriate to cast, to cast Meryl, Meryl Streep, Streep and In the Heights. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think okay. she, can, she can take a week. Or she can be like... An ally. She can be at the DACA rally. There we go. And and she can be... She's a DACA <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. Because I can see Meryl Streep actually protesting I, this. She, I actually think she did. Yeah. Probably standing next to Tommy Boy. So we're gonna... Tommy Hanks. We're going to rebrand Make It With Meryl to uh, Make It With Miranda. <laughs> uh, so it still works. Um, if you could cast them as well, who would you cast them as? In, in any show? Oh! Oh yeah, I think it's any show. In any musical. And true Lin-Manuel Miranda, you have to insert Lin-Manuel Miranda into a show. something where he does not belong, but now he's going to change the world with it. So... <laughs> Lin-Manuel... Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Lin-Manuel Miranda as the Phantom. As the Phantom. <laughs> <clears throat> Sing once again with me. I bet there's probably a fucking YouTube. A strange I guarantee, duet. I guarantee you there's a fucking YouTube video of him somewhere being the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> up right now. Uh, Go let's on. see. What is a good show? Let's do... I want to... Mm, I want him to be in Little Mermaid and I want him to be Sebastian the Crab. <laughs> Under the <laughs> sea! <laughs> Under the sea. But, but, pause, pause, pause. Also, you have to connect his role in that to a social justice issue. He is the crab. He's using Little Mermaid as a platform for, obviously, like, ocean waste and, and cleaning up the ocean. Yeah. And that's why okay. he performs a benefit charity show of Little Mermaid. I love it. With him as Sebastian the Crab okay. in, uh, somewhere in California, probably... Um, San Diego. Okay, in San Diego. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I couldn't find anything of Lin-Manuel Miranda singing Town of the Opera. But here is Andrew Lloyd Webber playing You'll Be Back. Uh, also. Well, don't play it on here. They're not going to be able to hear it. Everything's all right. A song that I'm not sure is totally appropriate for this time, but it's a nice sentiment anyway. It's April 3rd, 2020. I think that was your son Sebastian, was it not? Uh, definitely a big future for him. Um, now, I'm going to give my little thank you to you, but uh, unfortunately, I don't have a crown. So as King George, I'm not going to really look very good. And my memory's not very, very good either. So you'll forgive me if I get the words wrong of the you chorus. Could. But here we go. Time will tell. You'll remember that I served you. Well, oceans rise, empires fall. Okay, you know what? All right, maybe you don't need to be the best at everything. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, just—you don't need to sing. Just you know, make the good stuff. Stop. Make the make the good stuff. He wrote a new musical. It's his own version of Cinderella. Why does there need to be another? Mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-m
Mm-hmm. I think it's new. Is it new? Yeah. So this is oh, but it's it's a modern Cinderella. I don't need a modern Cinderella. Look, it's it that's Cinderella. Oh god, she's so angsty. She looks like she just got out of a dumpster. I mean, she is, is that the is she supposed to be homeless youth? Is that she the... is Cinderella? Oh. oh, I'm good. Okay, well, maybe we stop looking at you know things on the internet that people can't see on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so that was that was cool. Yeah, that was a good movie. That was. Uh, um, anything else to add? Yes, uh, something else to add. Uh, if you are a user of Apple Music, um, first of all, good choice. Um, secondly, we now have a playlist that is uh, publicly available called Stage Rant Musicals. Uh, if you want to go listen to uh, all the musicals we've reviewed, they're the movie versions of the soundtrack, um, so not the Broadway versions. Um, some of the song musicals we have not put on there, just from personal preference, like <clears throat> Cats. Um so yeah, go give that a listen. Or give it a follow. Um, and yeah, this has been another episode of Stage Rant. Were we supposed to say that together? No, it's fine. Would you like to say it? Yeah, no, it's okay. Okay, St- stage, stage Rant. rant. Paragua.